0: This is episode 389 of The Sausage Factory. Welcome. In this episode, I chat to Dan Mayer and Patrick Rao of Mad About Pandas about their reality-distorting adventure game, Hitchhiker. This is episode 389 of The Sausage Factory. Welcome. In this episode, I chat to Dan Prague and Patrick Rao of Mad About Pandas about their reality-distorting adventure game, Hitchhiker. So, video games that we play are a representation of our reality, in some cases, a lot of cases. And what Mad About Pandas have done is lean into the fact that it's a simulation and it can mess around with what we see and what we perceive. And also... Object permanence. That's something that Hitchhiker does a lot of. It says, oh, there's a thing there, that's, and then you open it and you look at it, and oh, wait, it's always changed. You didn't interact with it in any way. You put it away, left it there, no one looked at it, you saw no one looking at it or fiddling with it, and then you pick it up again and it's changed. That's just a smattering of what happens in Hitchhiker. It's very imaginative very inventive and wait for it very well put together game which is why it's on the sausage factory and this chat we have discussion is really fascinating not only about the game itself of course but also just a general concept of representing reality in video games and yeah we've got a lot out of this one even though it even if it is episode 389 you know, I thought I'd get through this introduction without losing myself in the fact that there's almost 400 episodes of this, this podcast. It's incredible. We're only 11 away. But I failed. Sorry, everyone. You know who didn't fail, though? It's Chris from the past. Yeah, he did a really good interview with Dan and Patrick. Shall we listen to that now? Yeah, before I dig myself a deeper hole. Let's do that. So, video games that we play our representation of our reality in some cases a lot of cases and what mad about pandas have done is lean into the fact that it's a simulation and they can mess around with what we see and what we perceive and also object permanence that's something that Hitchhiker does a lot of it says oh there's a thing there that's and then you open it and you look at it and oh, wait, it's changed you didn't interact with it in any way you put it away, left it there. No one looked at it. You saw no one looking at it or fiddling with it. And then you pick it up again and it changed. That's just a smattering of what happens in Hitchhiker. It's very imaginative, and very inventive and, wait for it, very well put together game. Which is why it's on the Sausage Factory. And... This chat we have, discussion, is really fascinating, not only about the game itself, of course, but also just the general concept of representing reality in video games. And yeah, we've got a lot out of this one, even though, it even if it is episode 389, you know, I thought I'd get through this introduction without losing myself in the fact that there's almost 400 episodes of this, this podcast. It's incredible. We're only 11 away, but I failed. Sorry, everyone. You know who didn't fail, though? It's Chris from the past. Yeah, he did a really good interview with Dan and Patrick. Should we listen to that now? Yeah, before I dig myself a deeper hole. Let's do that. Dan and Patrick. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hey. Who are you? And what do you do?
1: Uh, I'm Dan Mayer. I'm the writer of Hitchhiker and the co-creative director at Mad About Pandas. And Patrick, my other half.
2: Yeah, I'm the other half. Hi, I'm Patrick. I'm the other creative director and kind of designer of the game.
0: Excellent, excellent. And uh, how did you make your start making video games? That's uh, we'll just alternate between Dan and Patrick here. So, Dan, how did you you delve into the realm of uh, video game creation? Uh, Patrick's
1: the, the old graybeard, uh, the industry veteran, as, as he'll describe in a moment. I'm a relative newcomer to the games industry, so actually my background is more in uh, design, graphic design, UX design, and interactive storytelling, uh, and I, I think uh, it's an interesting combination of kind of an insider-outsider uh, combo that's helped make Hitchhiker distinctive. Patrick?
2: Yeah, I've been around for more than fifteen or twenty years, and my first game was actually a, a Nintendo DS game, educational kids game, which was published by Ubisoft back then. And and over the years, I produced a couple games like for mobile, but at some point, we decided to switch to uh, PC and console, and uh, targeting like gamer gamers and the grown up like scene and, and that's how we came up with this idea of, of the game Hitchhiker and we realized this is a good, good match for VR and that's why we also like created this VR version of the game.
0: Nice so you've got a long sort of history of like this, this creation this working in this rather complex medium and still quite misunderstood and still people trying to figure it out which I think is quite extraordinary how collaborative the industry generally is for the most part there is a lot of like communities out there like we're trying to do this thing (laughs) can't get it to work and you hoist the flag up and then you get a ton of people on reddit or whatever forum you may be using and go oh we just change this oh yeah whereas many other industries and many people just don't have that kind of collaborative thing because I think it might be something to do with the how young it is compared to other industries. I fully grant you that video games have been made since believe it or not, technically you could argue, the 50s. Reaching, but you know what I mean. Um, technically it's more like 40 or 50 years, but even still uh, I think that's a laudable aspect of the industry, The how generally it's quite collaborative. Um, but do you think that, Patrick and, and Dan, do you, think, do you get that? Or do you think it's not really that so much
1: i I think it's uh i mean vr has been a very like natural fit for hitchhiker in the sense that um the rules of vr the rules of engagement and the rules of game design are a bit you know very new and up in the air and hitchhiker as well was very sort of abstract and undefined right like we were first defining the gameplay it's like do you does the player character actually get to talk at all um do does every choice mean something what you know it felt very of unmoored from like the conventions of game design and so in that sense it's just been this continuation of this kind of flying into the 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 blue yonder of 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 unknownness uh right doing doing the 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 vr port of it
0: so it's like if you had to reach out to other parts of the industry or other friends and and sort of like well we're trying to do this how what how would you have you managed to get some like that's what i'm trying to drive at really is how collaborative other people have been helping um i think we've definitely
1: pulled some of the solutions in terms of how to adapt um certain aspects of the gameplay Mm. uh from other from other vr titles um but i think you know to answer your question more specifically the Mm. we have our developers here to to talk about how many of the solutions have come purely in-house and how many of we've needed to do some cribbing from other sources
0: yeah yeah that's fair
2: I mean, designing a game is an iterative process, and you cannot have enough iterations. But that also depends on how much time do you have. That depends on how much budget you have. <laughs> so, in general, we do when we make games. We bring in like, um, like you know, gamers and non-gamers to test our game and to, to discuss it, and and then we, we, we make changes and we iterate, and then we bring in the same people to get to find out if that was like a, a, a good. Improvement, and then again, fresh people. But it's really sometimes just just limited. But also sometimes you're limited because you have like deadlines, you know, the milestones yeah. to hold, and that's sometimes very tricky. So, but yeah, collaboration is uh, with it's very important to make a good game.
0: And also the the, the understanding the concept of good enough, which uh, you know that's you've got that you you finished it. Hitchcock is finished, and it's out. And knowing when that is enough and uh it's often the phrase in this show and i don't up- shrink away from it it's something comes across as negative it's not it's actually an, uh, 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 an antidote against the, uh, the oh. pursuit of perfectionism which is not possible and unhealthy so yeah but uh, it's, it's tricky knowing what that means though what that measure is
1: yeah, I, I agree very much. I mean, it was a focus that we, I think, a uh, discipline that we tried to really install throughout the production because there was not a lot of wiggle room in terms of production budget. So it was, no. we're constantly saying, okay, is this has is this hit that, that you know, 80 90% finished good enough and, and let's move on to the next thing. And it's, uh, I think due yeah. to that, that we're sitting here having actually made something.
0: Yeah, yeah. Speaking of making things, you are creators. And this next question is one I always ask my guests because they are that. And because they are that, they must be influenced by something. What is the things that uh, in the universe, the reality we find ourselves in, provided it's real? <laughs> is it? Sorry, that's alluding to later on. Um, what are your biggest influences as creators? And you can answer it individually or as, as a collective, as, uh, as 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 Mad About Game, and Pandas.
2: Wow, what a great question, mm. Patrick! Do you want to start? Oh well, I mean, for me, also other games are, of course, are a big influence. I mean, I, I when I was a teenager, I used to. Play play Doom and built my school in Doom, but, but since I grew up and I've got more more interested in like, you know, like rather narrative content in the last couple of years, I primarily played like games like, like a Firewatch or Gone Home, like a, What Remains of the, of the Finch and so on. And so, and, and so these games have been a, a big like inspiration for, for me to, to create a game like, like a Hitchhiker. Um, but also like inspiration also comes from the, the movie world you know like uh, Hitchhiker very much is also inspired by like movies made from like David Lynch etc nice mm-hmm.
0: yeah I think that that's definitely that the experience of going through that narrative as displayed and described by someone else so nice what about yeah. you Dan?
1: well I think yeah part of being a creative person is just having so many influences that you couldn't possibly list them in a reasonable amount of time. But I think zeroing in a bit on on Hitchhiker, I think, um, yeah, as Patrick said, it was really nice. Where we, were, we were, I think, we were really driven to make a story that isn't too um, obvious and doesn't spell everything out for you. And I, I like um, movie experiences and book experiences where it, um, you have to do a bit of the work in terms of creating your own interpretation of figuring out what it means. I mean, I remember one of my favorite movies in the last 30 years is Mulholland Drive, a David Lynch movie that very much inspired Hitchhiker. I remember the first time seeing it and thinking, I don't understand any of this, but I love it, and I I want to figure out more. And so we wanted to kind of provoke and prod people in that that same way with Hitchhiker.
0: Yeah, I think from what you're telling me then, on a more sort of uh, abstract level, it's the mere act of provoking thought and that that she's like well this is how you perceive things and you haven't questioned it that's let's, let's let's question that for a bit and yes it's mm-hmm. going to be uncomfortable but that's okay um, yeah and, and that's what i'm getting from both of you is that fair
1: yeah i, I don't want to like climb snob mountain <laughs> right away but i think uh, a lot of Hitchhiker is inspired by a kind of certain degree of like impatience with some of the assumptions about games and that you can't everything has to be super clear from a story point of view and you know oh no, you could get away with that in a in a movie but not in a game people won't won't stand for it I think we wanted to kind of challenge those those assumptions because gaming it's so visceral and so first person oriented and so um yeah interactive that it can really immerse you in, a, in an experience beyond, I think, what other mediums can do.
0: Mm. Mm. Next question, then. This one's a little bit tough as well. It's kind of wraps up. <laughs> There's a mini-boss in the middle. It'd be fine. It'd be great. Um, the the, the, the uh, question is this, and again, it could be an individual answer or indeed what you think as a collective, but um, what video game developer you you most admire in the industry and why? Could be a person or a or practice or the, the studio?
2: That, uh, um, I mean, to answer first, I mean, the, the, the last game which really blew my mind was what, what remains of Edith Finch. And um, so that team was pretty... And also I read about the history, how the game was made and stuff like this. So, yeah...
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't really say beyond, you know, great narrative titles we're, we're super inspired by, and, and tip our hats to the, the teams that have made those and been able to get them made. There's a lot of there can be a lot of skepticism to, around narrative driven gaming within the industry from a as a as a financial model. Um, so, you know, our, our hats off to. Uh, what remains of Edith Finch and Firewatch and uh, and 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 uh, Life is Strange and other titles along those lines.
0: Yeah, one of my favourites is um, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, and that's a yeah a, a lovely game. That one of the what extraordinary things we've actually had a guest that was and was talking about another game. He said, "Oh, I worked on that." <laughs> oh well, and uh, it's really I love about the fact that it never says what you are. Oh. If everybody's gone to a Rapture, what are you? Well, that's a question, isn't it? And that's why I love these these experiences, these games, is that they ask get you to ask questions that you don't normally ask, and that game never explains what you are. Ever. You just have to figure it out yourself. Mm-hmm. Are you one yep. of the entities flying around? Have you? Are you part of this? Did you? Mm-hmm. You know, was it you who did all this, or were you just an observer? What? What are you? You know.
1: Well, we we found out those kind of open questions. Some people love them, and some people really, really. Don't.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, uh, Hitchhiker's really provoked a lot of strong reactions, both uh, positive and, and negative, which was sort of our, <laughs> our, our our intention. That was like the horse we rode in on. So we feel a certain amount of like, okay, mission accomplished on that, on that front of having made something. It's, it provokes strong feelings.
0: Yeah. 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 So last question in the first half, see, look, you made it. And this one is so demonstrates to me that you're not living in a strange bubble. I would never accuse either of you of doing that based on what your answers come through anyway, but I always like asking this because it, it, it demonstrates to me distracting you from what you should be or should be doing. So, what are you playing right now, if anything?
2: I've been playing like um, Life is Strange to Colors, and I bought myself like um, uh, It Takes Two, which oh, I'm, yes, about, yes. Which, which I'm probably gonna play with Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it takes two, you know. I'm sure we'll make it um, to yeah. the end. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. Be be wary <laughs> of the book. It's, it's an interesting character. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't yeah. started yet. It's just like, yeah. I just,
2: I got it, and I'm ready to play for because Easter's going to be cold, so yeah. that should be good.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's very uh, <laughs> fourth wall breaking. It's great. Like really, yeah, you're okay. doing this? Okay. Anyway, yeah. What, what are you Patrick We've been, have
1: been yeah. pretty much in lockstep because we're actually um, researching. Stuff and in, in sort of the context of our next production, which right, we right. hope to announce soon. So uh, there's a title that we think is is relevant and, and interesting. And it's like, hey, let's let's play this. Let's both. Oh. So, nice. Yeah, so nice. We've, we've been pretty much on the same page.
0: Cool. Anything else before we move on? Uh, okay. Yeah, that's a good shout. Um, it takes two. I know the uh, sister podcast that we have, Cana Rince, We are I think just about to or going to be releasing an episode on. It takes two. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, good stuff. Um,
2: Oh, oh yeah, and I I, I checked out everything, finally. I don't know why it took me so long. (laughs)
0: Oh, Mm, right. I need to do that one, yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, that's the end of the first half. Well done, you made it. Let's move on to the second half of the show, Mm -hmm. where we delve deep into Hitchhiker. So, before we do that, we need to know what it is, because we can't talk about a thing until we have an understanding of what you, at least its creators, understand what Hitchhiker is. So, in your own words, best of luck, what is Mm. Hitchhiker?
1: Hitchhiker is a narrative mystery adventure game where you play as a uh, nameless hitchhiker who begins with no memory of who he is or where he's going, and The goal of the game is essentially to solve the mystery of your own backstory and find out what has happened to you as you traverse a highway through different, very different environments with very different drivers Uh, And the game is mainly the mechanics of it are mainly uh, dialogue options. But then there's also some environmental puzzles that help you puzzle your way
0: through. Yeah. And it is, strictly, it is, it, is a, it is a VR title, everyone, so everyone understands that that's, you are experiencing your plot right. in the world, which mm-hmm. is very important context for the rest of the questions I'm about to divulge, which I know that both of you are bracing yourself for, because now we have a context against which to ask them. So you are very much the, the main protagonist. You play the main protagonist. You take on their role, who is uh, nameless, but you are a male person. Uh, and uh, leave it at that. So, here we go. The first one is normally the most detailed, and it kind of, like, flows from there. I've written here, in my little notes, while Hitchhiker does not necessarily subscribe to the philosophy of hard solipsism, which I don't believe it does, and if, listener, if you don't know what that is, please look it up, we're not going to expand on it now, it certainly exploits the medium of VR to distort perceived reality therefore undermining its validity. That's how I found my experience with Hitchhiker. Everything is out there to undermine my pres- pre- uh, normally prescribed or understood f- un- uh, concepts of cause and effect. They don't work. The The concept of cause and effect in the realm of Hitchhiker do not work. So how have you found using this core component or conceit or aspect of the world you've made... Uh, in help portraying the narrative of the story to the player.
2: Well maybe I can start while Dan is thinking. I mean, <laughs> what's the, main, the, main, I mean the main aspect is just like to to, to to put the player to a situation where it's not really clear in what condition the player is in. Mm. Like am I am I awake? Yeah. Am I yeah. like am okay. I dead? Like am I in what's it called Thank <laughs> <banking>. you. <laughs> um, uh, exactly. So this is the the thing and that creates a mystery and uh, to be solved. And also we get we careful. a lot of like um you know false like hint not false hints but hints which make you believe you are actually like like a, a hero about to to, to, to you know, I don't know, it's too much spoilers, but it makes you feel like the, the, to be the hero. But um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a twist to it, it's just some misdirection. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think this, this is like well, what's interesting about this. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think it really reflects like the process by which we develop the game, which I imagine is very back to front in the way that games usually happen. You think that usually it starts with a mechanic and you kind of build the story. To support the mechanic and then the environment also just sort of appears uh, as an outgrowth of, of those other things. And Hitchhiker, we really did like back to front where I remember the first conversations that Patrick and I had about the concept and we were getting kind of all riled up and excited about it were really mainly about atmosphere, right? So we didn't really talk about what the plot was or what the gameplay was, but it was about oh. this strange kind of surreal highway where you're in a car with one driver and there's a, a photo that in the glove box, it's the same thing that was in the uh, a, a clip to the rear view mirror of the other driver. And, and how, how did that possibly, and, and they kind of like these, these concealed uh, correspondences and, and, and secret connections between things. And um, so I, I think it, it was really like atmosphere first and kind of everything else after that. And mm-hmm. That, I don't know if that answers your question, but I think it gets to a lot of the um, this this kind of core quality of the gameplay experience that you're picking up on.
0: Yeah. I just, I, I so I read a lot and uh, I find this sort of topic matter, subject matter quite fascinating and having this crossover between a personal interest of mine and you making a game built around it is quite enlightening. So thank you for that because it's not a lot of people want to talk about these things because they're uncomfortable. Mm. And uh, you know everyone. You know how else do we exist without having some sense of grounding in reality when reality itself starts to distort? Like, oh God, now, now what? What anchor have I got now? And it's quite disturbing. Okay, it's quite uncomfortable. And I know you. Uh, whether it's intentional or not, there are aspects of hitchhiker where, like, okay, I'm not really, really not dealing with this. Well, I'm going to carry on. Because <laughs> um, no, I'm not in any personal danger, but this is not nice. Mm. It's okay. It's okay. But, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> that was a really key question that you know people would always ask. Okay, so if it's about hitchhiking, does the driver pull a knife on you or something? We're like, no, no, no. This is like what we really wanted to stay away from the, from the beginning is oh. kind of jump scare oriented slasher thing. So there's definitely there's like the feeling of psychological unease uh and and sort of creepy creepy dream logic and and things like that but we we definitely wanted to stay away from the uh yeah kind of direct uh slasher fodder
0: yeah yes You, you credited the audience with some intelligence which is important.
1: Yeah. And I think in the end, just you make it the kind of game that you would want to play. And I don't want to, I don't don't want to have the experience of being held at knife point. in No, no, there's
0: plenty of games for that. Thank you very much. Um, so as the story unfolds in Hitchhiker, what have you done in the underlying design of the experience to make sure the player has a continued sense and repeated sense of agency?
1: Oh, that's a very good question. Um, well, I think one, I mean, having one's dialogue effects, uh, choices actually uh, shape the path of of the narrative is, of, of course, kind of like the core method of granting agency in a narrative driven game. And it's something that all narrative games struggle with, I think, in terms of um, giving the, the player control, but also having enough authorial authorial control to tell a good story. Uh, and so we, we, we've enabled that by allowing you to kind of take different passages through the same conversations where you see different facets of driver's behavior, but you kind of come out the same, at the same point more or less, um, by, by the end of it. Uh, and then there's also, it was very important to kind of stitch together the rides so that one driver references what's happened in the past ride. And the drivers all seem to know each other a little bit in a tenuous and mysterious way. Um, and so that, that helps create a kind of feeling of continuity through the story because the, the jumps are so extreme in terms of um, extreme changes in, in the, from one environment to another that it was important for us to, to create the, keep a sense of a, a thread that still uh, goes all the way through the labyrinth, so to speak.
0: I do like the first metaphorical story that the first driver tells you, which mm. illustrates the point. I think that's very, very clever.
1: Um, well, that, that's the one uh, borrowed, quote unquote, from Kafka. So there's mm. a, uh, before the law, I believe it's called a Kafka short story, um, which is something that we loved and wanted to kind of like reboot and, and modernize it. Uh, and we gave it a kind of a different twist by introducing this bird who talks about the fate and the different pathways, branches through his tree and so forth. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. So the next question then is more of a, 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 a definitely a design aspect because you've definitely gone through this route because the name of the game of Hitchhiker kind of alludes to this, but I think it's a use the word brave decision that comes across as patronising, but it's an interesting decision to make. So the axiom of it's not so much the destination but the journey is <laughs> <laughs> uh, well established, uh, and. Um, that's really infused within Hitchhiker. But it's so much established that it's almost to the point where the destination isn't even the plot point, isn't really the milestone. It's actually, that's the point. It's actually, look, why are we going anywhere anyway? Where are you going? Why are you going? Why are you having these conversations with these drivers? You know, in, in very esoteric sort of, and clearly something is off, as as Patrick alluded to, It's like who are you? and explain what what your what's your condition? Why? Why did you do that?
2: <laughs> no, we wanted to create a mystery, that's for sure. So, uh, and okay. each 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 right is kind of like a representing some sort of emotion in the process of like what what is. Happening or what has happened to the hitchhiker, and we kind of wrapped this up also with like specific gameplay, which we like we found like translated to like some gameplay metaphors, basically.
0: Oops! Oh, we've lost him. He's gone. Patrick,
2: you're you're muted. Oh um, okay. yeah, it's uh, here I am. it's <laughs> just <laughs> part, part part of the mystery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden. No, I was I was just saying like we we kind of like so each ride has like an um, um a specific meaning and um um and, and, in, and in each ride you find like a specific environmental puzzle which is like a, a metaphorical translation of like a, this specific meaning, not not to spoil too much. No. So yeah. Mm yeah i think the structure
1: is all about i mean it's an it's an interesting game because you're you're constantly hurtling down the highway and yet the focus of the game is all in on the past and on untangling what's happened to you in the past uh and so i think it it makes sense in that context with this very like psychological and introspective framework that in the end you don't uh pop out in some dramatic vista or something that there there's no kind of like easy payoff in that sense that it's the 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 goal destination is actually in the past actually on un, unsorting the past and untangling it
0: yes which is becomes apparent but not immediately which is what I love it don't it doesn't thrust in the face like oh this is the context of this oh okay I've got it within a within ten seconds. Oh no oh no it goes on for quite some time before you start even getting an inkling of what's going on, and even if you think no. you've got an inkling, you probably haven't, and that's great.
1: <laughs> it's, there's a lot of withholding. It's a it's a slow burner. <laughs> Indeed.
0: There's nothing wrong with that. So my last question of the first of the of the show, which I know is sad, all good things mm. come to an end. But there it is. But this one. It's they're linked the two. I mean, I was going to focus on one because I've really had about twelve questions, but I have to narrow them down or it would be here for hours. Um, I want to talk about the sound design,
2: mm. Mm. Here,
0: Chai, okay? Right, because whatever you did or whoever's did whatever they did, they seem to really use the equalizer on the deep sort of tones of like rumble tones, like the bass. It's just like it's very discordant. The balancing, basically, all the sounds that quite from what I'm hearing, is it's, it's it's not too much spooky. No, no, no. But it's definitely a sense of there's some. The, the visuals are very pronounced and very obvious, and, and there's no ambiguities there. Typically, he says delicately, but that that allows the player to have some comfort. Like, okay, I'm in a car. There's a, some, although as a British person sitting on the on yeah. the right-hand side of that still was kind of freaking me out but I was like, okay. <laughs> but we that, that's, should
1: have a localization option and switch to the left side. I for, for, uh,
0: yeah, for us Australian, for the Australians and the, and the British and the British yeah. for, for, for the minority of us. Yeah, but you could do that, just flip it over. Are you British? Yes. Okay. There you go. <laughs> sorry, really sorry. But uh, that, that aside, I just found that um, do we, i just uh, applaud you on your sound design because you could have got that so wrong. Could have gone too far with that, made it comical, which you don't want. But tell, talk us through that. How how was that developed? What how much? Because I think a lot of effort was put into it. But
1: Chris, is there the, an example that, that comes to mind that you're thinking of in terms of a- it's
0: it's really um, it's the directional sound, and how the the voice actors and the mixing of the voice acting um, can be quite louder than it would normally be. It's almost Mm. as if, like, you really need to listen to this. I mean, Mm -hmm. you need to hear this. And I'm actually going to make it slightly slower and speak in a way that makes sure that every word has breath. And that's really fascinating. I'm sure you directed your voice actors to do that, to actually not speak in what most uh, native, whatever language speakers, they... Each word, you know, we've been doing it all this show. The word would flow into the next one very quickly to the point where it's almost one word. Whereas the uh, those just uh, that's one of the things. But not on on (laughs) top of that, on top of those performances, you then actually change the the audio to make sure that that is louder than even what's going on outside which often doesn't happen it's this there's an aspect of conceit you know like yes there's birds crowing and crawling and flowing around around you for whatever reason it's early in the game people um um, but there's also the issue of changing reality a little bit to make sure that the player's attention is drawn to suitable things that you think are important
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's not a driving simulator, and that was a really key aspect. And I remember early on, it was done more, the the mixing was done more realistically, where when you open down the window, suddenly there's this roar of wind, and we we kept saying, no, 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 quieter, quieter, no, no, quieter, quieter. Because what's important is not recreating literally the sense that you're in the car, but rather this kind of psychological state uh, and conversational state that the the game is all about. So we really wanted the the drivers to feel like it's almost like a, a voice inside your own head or part of your own conscience that's talking to you or something like that. So very, very present. Uh, and, and the stereo mixing did a great job of really making the most out of this kind of car cockpit environment and turning it into a, a whole little world. Uh, so yeah, I think, but the sound designers, uh, syndrome, uh, they're, they're called our, our partners, uh, they they did a great job and really helped uh, make the game what it is.
0: Yeah, it's it's just a understated or undervalued not undervalued that's not true, but people don't really understand how much effort is put into sound design. Uh, yeah, typically, and it's it could be seventy eight percent of the experience. <laughs> Think, it's you know. it's
1: definitely the secret sauce that you know the the, the difference in the the the, the ambient uh, the atmospherics of the game are is so much stronger once the sound design was, was finished.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It really is magic. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, Hitchhiker, um it's developed by Mad About Pandas. What a name! What a <laughs> great name! So <laughs> I can't let you two go without explaining where it comes from. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: oh god I mean <laughs>
2: I think uh, <laughs> I, 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 I had one I, I bought a panda shirt in the Swiss store in San Francisco it was like from the it's like kind of was the, a Chinese association of cool or something <laughs> like, it just like, looks like so beautiful but like, I, I like to have that and it, it this shirt still exists after 20 years and for some reason someone gave me a second panda shirt and then like people came up with more and more panda stuff. And I was like, <laughs> so I had to go to the, the Betty Ford Clinic of Pandas. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm like, Clean and I'm not wearing this stuff anymore. But right. for some reason, we were looking for a, a, a new company name for for a second company, and then like it was like actually my partner was like, "Man, I'm a panda's that's okay. It that sounds fun. Let's do it." It was kind of silly.
1: No, it's become <laughs> yeah. like, a mascot. We have a little stuffed panda there in the, in the absolutely, box. yeah, he's yeah, for when the developers are stressed out, we could... <laughs> The panda,
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's have have like black eyes, you know, like for, for, for all the like.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. time work, you know, yeah. the hours and hours of work, <laughs> yeah. yeah. hours of working, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, so, like a yeah. Panda. so finicky in our diet, so it fits. Yeah. So you actually become pandas because you're mad about them. That's interesting. So, um, so when you start mm. eating bamboo, that you know you're in trouble. <laughs> Uh. (laughs) Yeah, I have. I hope I hope not. They only have sex once a year. I think. (laughs) (laughs) So um, yes. So hitchhiker, what what platform is it available? What platforms is it available on? You you name it. Well, the
1: the VR version is on is on Oculus, and we also uh, the the conventional version of the game is out on everything from Apple Arcade to Steam, Xbox playstation uh switch
0: all of the things so yes you yeah. can you can experience it in flat screen as they say uh yeah. but oh. i i found it more engrossing to be in in amongst the world that you've made for sure glad to hear you say that yeah. <laughs> but um it's been an absolute pleasure having you both on the show it really has um, been very open and honest in describing your experiences and uh Sharing your your knowledge about creating what extraordinary game Hitchhiker it is, mm. I think it's a very important title, and I'm happy to have discovered it.
1: So thank you, you. Thank yeah. you so much for having us on. Yeah, it's great yeah, to it's talk great, with it's Very here. great to hear. <laughs> yeah,
0: and um, you're more than welcome to come back and chat about mm-hmm. whatever next you're currently brewing in your heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we've had a lot of return guests over the years. I think Inkle is the current record holder with four, because they're kind of prolific. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. But um, we d- we are actually looking to get Roll Seven back on as well for their uh, uh, the um, uh, Ollie, Ollie World, so that's looking good. But uh, yeah, in the meantime, thank you very much. Thank okay. you, Chris. Thank you.
2: Chris. Thanks to everyone for listening. Yeah. <laughs> thank you.
0: You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Kane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash for early, extended and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube and at our website caneandrinse.com.